The DNVR Rockies podcast is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped. Look, fellas, it's 2021. Summer's just around the corner. You don't want to be gross and stanky no more. You got to get Manscaped. Don't be the last dude out there still not Manscaped. It's time. It's what you got to do. It's better for your health. It's better for how you feel, for how you smell. All of it, man. Take care of yourself. And you will be taken care of. I truly believe that in life. And one of the best ways to take care of yourself and then be taken care of is to get Manscaped. Check them out today. They got all kinds of stuff. The Lawnmower 3.0 give you a nice tight trim. They've got some products that'll make you smell good. Some deodorant, some spritzer. They got some of the best, most comfortable boxers you've ever worn in your life. And you can get 20% off and free shipping by using promo code DNVR at manscaped.com. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by StravaCraft Coffee. Remember to use that promo code DNVR25 because when you do, you'll save 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life-altering StravaCraft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And joining us, as has become our weekly custom, is the voice of the Colorado Rockies on AT&T Sports. And, of course, the host of the Drew Goodman podcast. It's Drew Goodman. That, that sounded uh, almost Alan Roach's. <laughs> Very nice. I was doing my best. You know, I, yeah. I started leaning into it at some point. I couldn't get yeah. out of it. <laughs> yeah. How are you guys doing? Doing well, doing well. Slow news week, pretty much. Yeah. Well, uh, slow, slow news news week, though. I, I, you've been back, but I want to officially welcome you back. When I partake, Patrick was, you know, gone last week, and you know, of course, Drew was killing him, uh, calling him soft for missing, uh, missing work. But uh, good to see you. I see it, it, it wreaked havoc with your hair, evidently. The uh, after well vaccine effect. A little bit, yeah. It, it yeah. gives you a little curl, a little uh, extra uh, pep in your step. The hair wise gives me more, gave me more volume. That's, that's same, nice. Hey, the same thing happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I went hair top originally, and I mean that with nothing but affection. By the way, I know that. I mean, if I had his money, I mean, are you kidding me? He crushes it in Vegas. I, right. That's or you could be the bassist in any grunge band. I think. Very much. I, I've I could also uh, maybe uh, pose as Blake Anderson from Workaholics for anyone that's into that Comedy Central uh, show with Adam Devine. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Uh, you you lost me there. The nineties <laughs> the nineties grunge rocker up in Seattle, maybe you know a backup a guy in Kurt you know the late Kurt Cobain's uh, gig or something. Mm-hmm. There you go. Maybe Mamas and the Papas, uh, you know. Yeah, okay. Early 70s, maybe late yeah, 60s. That, that, that that's, that's more my time. There you go. Procol Harum? I don't know. That too, too obscure of a rock band? Uh, nope. they, off on that I, one, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't, you, you lost us all there. I was just, hey, <laughs> you, either one of you guys play an instrument? Not me? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I actually did music for a little while. I, uh, Play a little acoustic. I don't play piano as much as I used to because I don't have one. But yeah, so you play I've been acoustic guitar. Play the acoustic guitar, sing a tune or two. Yeah. So you got some vocals, good man. You got so you got talent actually. Argue debatable. I, you can you can. <laughs> no, I was that was a shot at you, Patrick. That was that was if that anything that was a shot at both of us. Sure. No, it, it's fine. Because right? I can't sing, I can't dance, and I can't play an instrument. So I'm always in awe of people that can. That's a Phil Collins song, isn't it? I can't sing. <laughs> yeah, but I can't sing I it. Can't. Okay, that's true. Yeah, doesn't uh, do me any good. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, it's it, it's fun. I I enjoy it. But yes, one thing we know you can do is talk about the Colorado Rockies because you do it just about every single day. As do you well. guys. <laughs> uh, in addition to the extra time when you're also doing your podcast. Uh, so just even more talking about the Rockies. And and as we were mentioning there up top, of course, 
big, big news week for the Colorado Rockies. Just can you just kind of take us with how you've learned about the news that Jeff Breidich and the Colorado Rockies were mutually parting ways that Greg Fiesel was going to be team president and just kind of what your immediate kind of guttural response was. I probably learned it, you know, almost the same time you guys did. I, I got, you know, maybe a quote unquote internal text, but you know, within 15 minutes or so or uh, of when the news broke um, and I'm trying to give you the right adjective. I, I wouldn't say I was shocked. Um, yeah, you could say on one hand the timing, you know, late April and, you know, why didn't it happen earlier if, if that was going to happen? And uh, the listen, um, I, I care about people and this is a, you know, tough business and it's very easy to be critical. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's somebody that was trying their best and may have, uh, you know, their best may not have been ultimately good enough in an industry where everyone is hired to be fired, whether you're a manager, a general manager, a player, right? We all love that player until he turns 37 and all of a sudden ain't the same player. And then he kind of ostensibly gets fired. Um, so, you know, I, I've known Jeff a long time and, and to see somebody that, that clearly, you know, had to be, you know, it had to be, not pleasant, certainly the last whatever period of time, year, um, and and now it's it's more difficult than anything to be a quote unquote public figure or to occupy a position that is scrutinized so closely publicly. And in you know, thirty years ago, people may have felt something, but they really didn't have access. Now, with as we all know. In, in this information age and with social media, it can get it can get ugly. And so, from a you know from a humane standpoint, I I hope you know he's able to relax and 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 move forward in whatever capacity that is, whether it's in baseball, out of baseball, and you know and, and enjoy you know his family and and listen, he's a smart guy. He's going to land on his feet, whether it's you know in the game of baseball or not. But that that's you know the human side is where I went you know initially. Yeah, that's a great take because I think fans immediately just think about their team and they, like you say, a player gets older. Well, what have you done for me lately? Are you in a slump? Uh, what's your trade value? All those things. That first comes to mind when you're a fan. But then especially like the three of us, we, we actually get to know these people as human beings. And, and we say, well, they're doing the best they can or uh, they're doing what they can. And, yeah, they made a poor choice, but that doesn't mean they should, you know, be be – hunted down or, or, or harped upon on, on social media and, and certain things like that and in the real world because they are people. And I think uh, oftentimes, you know, fans, sometimes even us in, in uh, journalism, we can we can forget that at, at moments as well. Yeah. And, you know, whenever you do a job, whatever that job is, if you are a good self-evaluator, you're probably going to find uh, fault in certain things you did. You're probably going to look back and say, you know, I would have handled this differently. I would have done this. You know, it's easy to Monday morning quarterback. And, uh, you know, Clint Hurdle used to have a, a great line because managers are, are, you know, it's what we all do, right? You second guess whether you verbalize it or just internalize it. We all second guess. Why would you pinch hit there? Why did you remove the pitcher there? That sort of thing. Well, managers, just like general managers, just like anybody who is paid to make decisions, whether you, you know, you're running a gadget company or, or whatever, um, you have to first guess. And you know, sometimes the first guesses make you brilliant for a week, and sometimes they make you the goat. Uh, but nobody, I think, wakes up in the morning, whether you're an athlete, whether you're a broadcaster, or whether you're a general manager, and says, you know what? I want to suck at my job today. I want to do a horse bleep job today, right? Nobody does yeah. that. And um, so the intentions are, are there. And I think also going forward, you learn from your experience. We should all learn from our experiences and say, you know what? I think I would do this differently. I'd alter this or, and, uh, you know, and take what you learned from that experience moving forward. Yeah, you know, I, I've always been, I think this is one of the things that just getting to know you a little bit as we've talked to you on this show and a little bit off uh, that we have in common is I, I'm a very 
you know, forward thinking person. For me, when I saw the news, it really was two big bits of news. And I might have been one of the very few people who focused much less on the Jeff Breidich angle of this entire thing. And when I saw the words team president, Goody, just all the cards on the table, this is something I've been very big about for years. I thought Kelly McGregor made an instrumental impact on why this team was competitive for a little bit longer, I think, than people realize from 07, really through the end of 2010. Um, And to not have that position filled has, has left a void and maybe even precipitated some of the issues between what went on with, in general, I'm just saying Dick Mumford, Jeff Breidich, Nolan, the entire situation that maybe, well, you can't go backwards. Like we said, you can't go backwards. You can only go forward. And that maybe now that there is somebody in this position and that the position exists, um, these uh, this, this can be a stabilizing factor. So I wanted to ask you about that and also what you can tell us about Greg Fiesel. Yeah, I've known Greg, you know, for a long time. And, um, you know, Greg is a, uh, he's been very successful on the business side. You know, Greg is a, you know, he's a, he's a straight shooter. um, And he is a, you know, kind of, kind of a, he's, he's got a, he's got a good personality, but he's got a no nonsense approach. And it's, it's, you know, funny, I I think back uh, to, you know, Greg and Kelly, when they were together, they were known um, as the Bruce brothers because, you know, Kelly was an NFL tight end and was six, seven and a half. And Kelly, you know, that's why it was such a shock when he suddenly passed, kept himself in great shape. And he was, you know, about 260 pounds, What, which, you know, for a guy six, seven and a half, who was an NFL player and big, strong dude, he, you know, he was in great shape. And, and Greg's about six, seven and, you know, 285, he's a former, uh, you know, offensive lineman. So, you know, the, these guys, they command attention when they walk in the room. Um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how it works going forward. Uh, you know, Greg's background has always been on the business side. He's always been, obviously been involved in baseball for a long time. Now, whoever ends up being the general manager, you know, do they have full autonomy within reason? Because you always have to answer to ultimately the owner because you know if you want to spend their money or if you want to you know trade the guy that you you know like a nolan arenado that sort of thing you know there it has to be a collaborative thought process but will that general manager be able to you know hire his own people and put together you know his staff or her staff i shouldn't just say his right and um, shout out to kemi yeah absolutely and um so, you know, how, how much autonomy and, and, and how that, you know, hierarchy works, um, you know, will, will be interesting. I think the number one thing from a fan's perspective is they just want to see the club, as we all do, they want to see the club um, as successful as it can be as frequently um, as possible, which short of, you know, listen, everybody's upset in New York because the Yankees are off to a poor start. Um, it, it's hard to have the kind of run that we saw Atlanta have. It's hard, and they only won one championship over those fourteen division titles, as we all know. It's hard to have the kind of success, you know, that the Yankees have had it, it, on multiple occasions through the years. The Dodgers are having right now, though they've only won one, even though uh, they've won eight straight division titles. So, what's realistic for a quote-unquote mid-market team? Um, you know, I, I don't know what it is. Is it going to the playoffs? you know, four or five times out of 10 years. Would you like it to be every year? Of course you would. And um, so it's probably falls somewhere in there and and let's see what it looks like, um, you know, going forward. But I I also believe that at the end of the day, a change was probably necessary. I I think it had become so toxic, uh, you know, in the community and and some of the things that have transpired, um, that that it's probably good to get you know some some new voices in there um, and and have their opportunity to to guide the franchise you know back up the slope. Yeah, even if you go back to when you know Breidich first came on and you know makes the Tulowitzki deal, it's it it takes a couple of years for for his work that he's doing as the GM. Uh, was already doing stuff behind the scenes. Took a while for that that to translate. That that's natural. That that happens in that position um, until you can get everything going 
your way and your direction. So it, it stands to reason, interim GM, Greg Fiesel, now team president, like it's going to take some time to evaluate that. It's not uh, this immediate fix where, wow, the Rockies are, are going to be a contender now in, in 2022. It takes a little bit of time. Uh, and, and people just have to be, you know, patient with that. Yes. Um, I think that's, uh, you know, that nobody, nobody has patience typically in sports because you want to have a parade every year and, yeah. um, you know, you, you understand that, but, you know, listen, uh, it, it's, it's, it, it, it seems like, uh, the descent was pretty quick because it was 2018 and the three of us have talked about this on the show. And I know you guys have on your, you know, when I'm not around as well, 2018, the Rockies finished in a dead heat with the now legendary Los Angeles Dodgers, right? I mean, we're now talking about the Dodgers in dynastic uh, terms. And so that that's just a couple, three years ago. This thing can turn around again pretty quickly also. And, you know, one of the things we'll probably talk about, you know, the nice win for the Rockies finally on the road last night this is a year of opportunity. I've said this frequently on the broadcast. I've said it on my podcast. I've said it on your guys' podcast. And, you know, who's going to emerge? Who's going to be part of the solution moving forward? Well, Ryan McMahon's making a pretty big statement right now. And I think that's the fun part of it. And so I guess I'm getting long-winded here. But, you know, that climb up the mountain, is there work to be done? Certainly. Does the, does the farm system have to... Um, you know, improve? Yes. Uh, do the Rockies collectively have to do a better job in Latin America? I think they do. Um, and I think they have a guy in place who runs it who's, who's really good. It's just, um, you know, maybe there's additional resources that can be put forth for Rolando Fernandez um, down there. Because I know Rolando's very well thought of in, in Latin America. Um, you know, does there have to be, uh, you know, from an information standpoint, an analytics standpoint, do you have to beef up what has become a very whittled down um, you know, area of the organization? Certainly um, they do. But this doesn't have to be, you know, eight years from now, the three of us are having the same conversation. You know, I, I don't think it has to be that. Right. Yeah. Right. So gets traded July 2015 and you say, oh, they made the postseason in 2017? Like yeah. a, a year and a half later? It happens. That, 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 can, that can absolutely happen, especially, as you said, these young guys can come to fruition, and, and we're seeing a lot of bright spots right now. I, the, I don't know if I pointed this out last week with, with Drew or in the last couple of weeks with the three of us. Um, I may have, and if I'm repeating myself, so what? I repeat myself all the time because we all talk too much. Um, <laughs> we get paid to But think, fellas, think about the Houston Astros, how miserable they were, you know, eight, nine, 10 years ago, whatever that 12 to 14, 11 to 30, I forget what it was. They, they lost a hundred plus games three years in a row. They were not only bad, they were clearly the worst team in baseball by any measurement. They had the number one pick three straight years. Only once did they get it right. That's when they took Carlos Correa. The other two, Mark Appel never played in the big leagues. He was released by Philadelphia. He tried to make a comeback this year. Never pitched in the big leagues. He was a 1-1 um in, in whatever year that was and then the next year they took Brady Aiken who never pitched for him they couldn't sign him they got a compensatory pick you know the following year but so they had the number one pick in the draft one one three straight years and only one of those guys ever made the big leagues and yet after losing you know 300 plus games in three years a couple years later year in and year out they're winning 100 plus games and we're world champions. That's baseball, right? Yeah, that's, you just yeah. don't know. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of moving pieces on these teams. And the other thing that you guys were, I think, kind of walking up to the the line there and, and making me think about too is that whoever inherits this thing, and I do want to get uh, some of your thoughts. So we don't want to get too far afield with that on that, and then we do want to get onto the baseball field at the end of the conversation. But is that whoever's taking over this job is inheriting a team that doesn't have any. Big, massive, bad contract. I don't care how you feel about Charlie Blackman. That's not a bad contract. That guy, Charlie Blackman's not that big. presence is worth the price alone. And that's the only one you can, even if you're being as analytically minded as possible, say, that's a tough contract. Everything else is a team full of young guys you can either believe in or not and move on. There's, the, there's going to be the freedom for whoever comes in here to kind of remold the team in their image, which is something that actually Jeff Breidich did when he first got here and 
shipped out too low and, you know, some of these things. So I, I, I think that that there's just this field of possibility in front of there's a, there's going to be money to spend. There's not much on the books over the next couple of years. We know that. So it's just like it's going to be really fascinating to see whoever takes over. There's a lot of opportunity here for them to mold the team in whatever image they decide. And, and I also think one of the really important aspects, um, and it's related to the COVID situation, is how quickly Colorado uh, and Denver County opens up and says, hey, you can have, you know, 100% capacity because that allows the ownership group um, to, you know, maximize their profits, maybe ahead of, you know, some other teams and, and start to recoup what was lost a year ago. And, and then you become a little, um, you know, maybe more comfortable spending some dollars because you realize there's some normalcy in terms of revenue stream that's returning. And, and you know, that's, that's an important element. Fans don't want to hear that because, you know, naturally and under, understandably to a certain degree, you know, fans just look like everybody who's involved, whether it be players or, uh, you know, owners are very, very wealthy. And so the fact that they're going to run their business and not try to lose money, um, which is how we all would run our own businesses, um, they, they almost want it run sometimes at a different level because they just lump them in a different category. So um, I do think that's an, an important factor as well. And with the All-Star game coming up, I mean, those are three, three more dates with the Futures game and Celebrity Softball on Sunday, Derby on Monday, and, and the game on Tuesday. Again, that's, that's more opportunity for, like you said, the, the Rockies to kind of maybe turn some things around in that way financially and it gets well, going well, in that right direction. Yeah. It should be noted, though, Patrick, that, that those events, when it comes to um, tickets and and um, and, and by MLB. concessions, that that's right. that's MLB. I didn't know about the concessions part. That's what I figured the, the Rockies could keep, but it's not even concessions either, huh? Uh, as I understand it, that that's all. In fact, as I as it was explained to me, the host team, you know, it's great for the city, obviously, right? Um, it's great for businesses. Um, it, the, the team, if you will, and the organization is on display. But from a financial standpoint, it actually typically costs the uh, the team a little bit of money um, in terms of, you know, oh. outlays here and here and there. But Major League Baseball um, holds on to, as I understand it, you know, certainly tickets. I, I, I believe it's parking. I believe it's concessions as well. That's interesting. It's almost like the Olympics, right, where it – you know the 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 host kind of yeah. lose the money, but the the people who are there and they get that experience. So I mean, if 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 all that's true and it, it obviously makes sense, we know how MLB can operate that. Then yeah. it, it, this is truly a gift for the city of Denver. Then absolutely, absolutely, yeah. yeah. All right. Controversial as it may be. Well, a gift for your wallet is getting over to our friends at Gabby Insurance. G-A-B-I stands for Get a Better Insurance. That's literally exactly what they do. It doesn't cost you a thing. No text messages, no emails. It costs you at most six or seven minutes of your time. That is it. They saved me $480 on just my car insurance for the year. If you've got home car insurance, a lot of other things, you can probably save over a grand like our guy Eric Weedham that National average is 961 for these guys. Check them out at gabi.com slash DNVR. Like I said, it'll only take you a couple of minutes, and you'll be able to save a bunch of money on your insurance. I know I was able to. Cost you nothing. Do it today. Uh, it'll put a big old smile on your face. And if you want your smile to be the best that it can be, well, then head over to our friends at Green Mountain Dental. Green Mountain Dental located just 15 minutes outside of downtown Denver. They'll hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, and they'll treat you like family. They know that not a lot of people love going into the dentist. If you love going into the dentist, then you'll just love going to Green Mountain Dental. Anyway, if you're not so sure about it, they know how to handle it. They know how to talk to you about sports and treat you like family. They're all plugged in with the, the sports realm. They're huge Colorado Rockies fans. They're watching every single game too. They'll have thoughts on Ryan McMahon to share with you, to put you at ease while you're getting your teeth done. So again, check them out at Green Mountain Dental Group, just 15 minutes outside of downtown Denver. And toast your Breck Brew or your Breck Seltzy to them, though maybe not immediately because then they'll be like, ah, it's probably what you got all over your teeth. I mean, 
playing that out there. But still, still, it's a good idea. Um, all right, before we move totally away from the conversation, I did want to now, and, and obviously, you know, going back to what we were talking about at the beginning and the, the human part of the conversation, I'm not going to ask you to like weigh in on, on who you think of these, uh, you know, the interim candidate should get the job. But I was just wondering, because there's two names that have kind of been floated publicly a lot. Uh, Thomas Harding, I think, reported this as well. Uh, just to, to tell the people a little bit about what you know of each of these people, particularly Bill Schmidt and Zach Rosenthal, what their roles have been inside the organization and just kind of what the, the different expertises that they could bring to the table. Well, Billy is, uh, you know, well thought of and has been for a number of years in the industry from a scouting standpoint. I mean, when you think about um, a lot of the players that uh, folks have the jerseys of, the Nolan Arenados, the Ryan McMahons, uh, you know, currently the Trevor Stories. Um, I pointed this out on my podcast as well. You know, you even think about guys that had, you know, really nice, uh, you know, smaller runs, but were, were really solid contributors to good teams like Ryan Spielberg, like Corey Sullivan. Who Those guys were drafted seventh, eighth, ninth round in the case of McMahon, second round, Arenado, second round. Trevor was a was, a, you know, a supplemental uh, number one. So uh, Billy historically has done a really good job with his guys. I mean, there's a lot of good scouts in the Rockies organization and, um, you know, Danny Montgomery has been, you know, one, one of his right-hand guys, Mike Erickson, you know, guys that nobody knows about unless you're intimately involved in, in, in baseball. Uh, so, so Billy, Billy has done a, a terrific job and, and Billy's been in that, you know, spot for a long time. And that's, you know, that's, you know, been his calling, you know, player evaluation and, um, you know, it's, nobody bats a thousand. We understand that, but uh, he he is very very good at what he does. Uh, Zach Rosenthal is an attorney um, who's been in baseball now for a while. A really affable guy. Um, he's a sharp guy, and uh, you know he's dealt with agents quite a bit, player contracts, and um, so you know one one thing that. I think when things turn sour, people paint too frequently, not everybody, but paint with a broad brush. And they assume that that uh, that everything having to do with, you know, an issue that means that everybody who has to do with it is 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 not good at their job and is terrible. And you just got a completely clean house. There's a lot of people that are very, very capable um, within that organization and have been. And that's why they've had success. Um, in the past. Now we know it's taken a downward turn uh, the last couple of years, but the two guys that you mentioned are very, very good and very well thought of uh, in the industry uh, for what they do. Billy's more on the, you know, it's obviously been on the scouting side and, and Zach has been, uh, you know, with his background, uh, he's dealt with agents and contractual side and, and you know, and, and also when you're putting together trades and, and making sure you know, from a financial standpoint and service time. I mean, there's, there's a lot of uh, minutia that goes into that. And, you know, and Zach has been living that day to day and hour to hour for a long time. Yeah. You, you can go outside the organization and, and, and there's been some candidates thrown around there and, and some of them came from the Rockies organization themselves. So as you said, to your point, you know, um, baseball is, is a big industry and, and there's people that are ambitious and, and, and the Rockies have uh, a lot of those, uh, folks that can, can fit in well and, and they have success in other organizations. They have success with the Rockies as, as well. Uh, like you said, uh, with, with Bill Schmidt, John, John wheel is another guy. Uh, we got to, we got to talk to him, I think before that, uh, isotopes Rockies exhibition game. That was, yeah. he's a fantastic guy too. Yeah, Johnny Johnny Wiles uh, is an outstanding. Uh, you know, he's an assistant general manager as well, and I'm glad you brought Johnny's name up. Um, again, well thought of. Uh, Johnny's been on the amateur scouting side, on the professional scouting side. He's very very adept at player um, evaluation. These are all you know attributes that you know, a, a general manager, sometimes they come from, from different kinds of backgrounds. Some are, you know, more analytically driven. Um, you know, some come from, you know, completely outside, you know, the baseball business, um, but they're, they're numbers people. And some, you know, have a background in player evaluation, like a Johnny Weil. Um, so, yeah, I, I, those, those three guys off the top of my head are, again, well thought of, sharp, 
and have been, you know, very successful at what at what they do. You know, John, Johnny Weil was instrumental in the Herman Marcus deal, the Corey Dickerson deal. I mean, he was, you know, he was on that. And sometimes it's, you know, it's smaller deals. The, the reason that Daniel Bard, a big reason, I don't want to make it the singular reason, one of the big reasons that Daniel Bard's a Rocky is, is the work John Wilde did on it and, you know, putting eyeballs on him when he was, you know, throwing for, you know, several teams and said, you know, this, this still works. You know, I think when, when that first came up, there were, you know, I was like, okay, that's an interesting one. This guy hasn't pitched in, in years. And, you know, you're trying to catch lightning in a bottle with a guy in his mid thirties who the last time we saw him, unfortunately had the yips and, and we know how that turned out. And that a lot of that's John Wilde. I think we all had that thought. And then I, re- I remember being there too at spring training 1.0 and the very, very first time we went out there, I think he walked the first couple of guys and then gave up like a grand slam. Couldn't finish the inning, like, you know, five, six earned runs, one out. And you just went, well, that was cute. And apparently Daniel Bard had other thoughts. <laughs> yeah. It's a great, I mean, it remains a great story. It yeah. remains. And even last night, an example of how far he's come, you know, from a mental standpoint, you, you just trust him. You don't think about his past anymore. At least I don't when I'm calling a game, you know, he gives up the long home run to Crawford. I mean, the giants are littered with Rockies killers, right? Posey and Crawford and belt. Right. Um, He gives that up and then it looks like he's out of the inning and he kind of fumbles that comebacker and you go, oh, man, it could, it, this thing could really turn south. He gets the next guy, ground ball to second, weak ground ball, get out of the inning, and he ultimately ends up winning the game. Yeah. I, when you're exactly right, again, when that comebacker, when he didn't handle I thought, oh, no, oh, no, this is going to go bad. And, and that it didn't, you're right. Like, that's, that's big stuff. That's huge stuff. And he's still throwing, like, 98 on the edges. He's missing his spots here and there. But I have, I've got all the faith in the world that Bard is going to – he'll be just fine. I pre- I predicted on my podcast at the start of the year, I said the Rockies are going to have two all-stars. Now i got to remember what I said. Uh, well, I said Trevor Story is going to be an all-star. That's not exactly going out on a limb that's not well supported. Uh, I said Daniel Bard will be an all-star. And I had an honorable mention for C.J. Crone. Because I thought CJ, you know, got caught up in what he did in March. And I thought CJ, you know, one-year deal, great place to hit, as we all know, could really put up large numbers. Because he's always, when he stayed healthy, he's always put up some prolific, you know, home run numbers. And he's going to hit in the middle of the order. And he's going to be afforded the opportunity to play a lot. And he's really come on lately. Uh, the um, and, and I'm thrilled, again, we talked about Ryan a little bit earlier. You know, Ryan McMahon's gotten off to... An, an all-star level start, but that's not so much I thought of, of Daniel Bard and what we saw last year. And it still may happen. I mean, he's been okay so far, but it still may happen for him. You might have, you might have mentioned on on this podcast too, as well. Is that right? Okay. Yeah, that 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 does sound familiar. And you're right. Yeah, with 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 closers like uh, when they have you know the the twenty twenty seventh man, you know the the final ballot. You know, I I could see him getting on if he doesn't make the, the first round. It, it's going to be exciting with, with the All-Star game at Coors Field and, and see which one of these Rockies. But, yeah, Ryan McMahon right now, he's he's got to be the, the locked-in favorite. And and depending on the ballot, right, because I think the Rockies choose what position. Is he a second baseman? Is he a third baseman? Does he start over Nolan Arenado in the All-Star third game? Base. If he keeps hitting home runs, why not? How about <laughs> boy, that story? You, boy, you can you sit on that one all day. You want to stir it up. How about that story? Let's yeah. go. He actually, he actually, right now, again, I mean, Nolan's a great player. This is not the – Nolan is a phenomenal player. He's a Hall of Fame player, and we all wish he was still wearing, wearing purple. But, you know, here we embark – and he's had a good start with St. Louis. Um, but Ryan's had such a great start. He I actually has more uh, – he has a higher OPS, and he has his DRS, defensive run saves, is top in, tops in the league, and he's got – Six defensive run save, three at each spot, three at third and three at second. So uh, good good for Rymac. Yeah, he, he's playing good baseball. It was really great to see him again after, oddly enough, a lot of the other bats kind of broke out on the homestand of such a great homestand for 
Ryan Maltabia, CJ Crone, we talked about these other guys. And and McMahon went a little quiet, kind of, if you can call taking Aaron Nola deep, going quiet, you know what I mean? But but it, for, for the week, I think he hit like 220 or something like that. And then for him to go back out there on the road, responding after they you know had a really rough offensive night because Di Sclafani was just incredible. I think I, did I say it right? Did you I do did it? it. You did it right. Did it right. Time. You didn't think about a running it. start. That's exactly right. I just what was his name again? Nope. Not good. <laughs> no, no, that's the right call. Today, buddy. <laughs> it's got to be natural when you say a name like um, that. But to see an extras there, uh, McMahon. After again, all the the stuff we just talked about earlier, go up late night through the thick air if they look if they get to talk about the thin air we get to talk about the thick air and just deliver an absolute monster jam that and, was and that's, uh, you heard me say it last night drew that ball would have been out even before they moved the fences in mm-hmm. and i've been privileged enough to spend a lot of nights in san francisco in that ballpark and it's and it's gorgeous um you know you're sitting out there on on the bay and 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 the fans are into it, and it's a it's a it's one of my favorite places to call a ball game and watch a ball game. But I'm telling you what, to hit it out where he hit it out, you have to be a one strong son of a gun to do that. And especially late in the evening with the marine air, he's got effortless power. And one of the things that impresses me the most about him is how focused he is at bat to at bat. Monday became a, a, you know, a bleep show, right? Um, by the way, on my podcast, I would actually say what I'm just saying, but I don't want to offend anybody on your podcast, so I say a bleep show. Um, until you guys give me, you know, after oh, you got full reign to say what you, you – yeah, oh, okay. yeah. But anyhow, they, they're down, you know, 9 nothing after 2. It's 12 nothing game. Ryan McMahon never gave away an at-bat. I mean, you saw kind of a steely focus at-bat to at-bat, and – he he's he's maturing. He's maturing from uh, an understanding of of who he is and the skill set and the shortening of the swing. And he's and he's also maturing um, in in how he goes about his business, which is natural for any player. And this is a this is a really you know talented kid. And I don't want to you know anoint him as a top this or top that. Let's just see how it plays out. But it's been one of the fun things that. Um, has evolved so far in the 2021 season. And I, and I love that he did it with one out too, because you get the runner on second base and we, we've seen the, the Rockies be somewhat successful at, at doing the small ball thing. And uh, they, they, they need to do that a lot this season and they've been successful with it. And story makes the first out. And so already you go, well, now, now somebody has to come through with something. And McMahon did. He was down 0-1 and yet still – comes through in that spot. That's huge for him. It, it was huge because, it, first of all, if you don't score, they're going to lose. I mean, there's, if you don't score, the odds are you're going to lose. And especially given the Rockies' history against San Francisco, in San Francisco, and the start to the season on the road, they're going to lose. If they score just one, it's pretty dicey. So for, for the, you know, the fact that he drives the ball out of the ballpark and then it's followed up by C.J. Crone, and, and you know what should be lost in this? I'm going to talk about this on the air tonight. You're going to say, hey, you heard it first on uh, with, with Patrick and Drew on DNVR. But um, Carlos Estevez now three straight – I mean, because he was – listen, he'd be the first to say I was terrible in March and he had a terrible start to the season. And his last three have been, have been pretty solid. And um, – you know, the, that's that's a dicey situation when when you don't have the confidence uh, level at its at its peak. And now you're in San Francisco and you're trying to protect a, a lead. And there's already a runner second by already a runner, yeah. you know, and now a run comes in. And now the tying runs at the plate a couple of times with guys that can do damage and you get out of it. That was really important for Carlos Estevez last night. And for the Rockies overall, because Buddy needs, a, you know, you need all hands on deck, right? But but we know the bullpen, uh, you know, needs some assistance. Yeah, that run that scored last night unearned. And so since April 11th, he's cut his ERA in half. So he's down to 4.15. And, and again, with it being an unearned run, that's now four scoreless uh, outings for him. So that's that's been a huge piece. And there's been this bullpen, I think, 
was the secondary strength. I, I think Drew and I, we kind of both agreed on that. Like, obviously, it's all about the starting pitching. But the bullpen had that potential to be sneaky good because there were so many live arms. And they're not all going to figure it out. Uh, we don't necessarily even know which ones are going to figure it out. But there's enough of them that – and, again, even if they go hot and cold, that you can mix and match enough. And right now, Estevez is, is one of those hot hands. Robert Stevenson as well. He's been very good his, uh, the last week plus. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned him also because that's been, you know, a nice story. The Rockies made a trade. You know, Jeff was still in charge when that when that trade was made. I think Jeff Hoffman, one of those situations he de- desperately needed, you know, a, a new, uh, you know, new scenery, as has been said many, many times through the years in sports. And the same was said about Robert Stevenson. The Rockies threw in their fourth, you know, pick in the draft of, uh, he was a local kid. Williams out of Douglas County and, uh, you know, get back a, a guy that was impressive in spring training. We'll see where it goes with Jamison Hanna. He's going to start the year in Albuquerque. Uh, but specifically to the point you made about Robert Stevenson, big arm, former first round pick. And, you know, he's now being put in, you know, higher leverage situations and the walk, which was a big concern and, and an issue at times in his career uh, that has not reared its head. He's throwing the fastball for strikes. The slider's always been, uh, you know, a high-quality pitch for him. So now you have a few guys coming out of that pan that look the part in 2021. And what I mean by that is we're in a high-velocity age. We all know that. And, you know, you can have a couple of guys that are more finesse guys. Tyler Rogers, the, the Chatfield product is, you know, is a unique guy because he throws from, you know, Basically, the knuckles are dragging on the dirt, right? Right. Um, he's the only one. He's the he, only. He, he's the like only that. one, and he's uniquely uh, successful doing that. He can pitch every day. He's already had thirteen or fourteen appearances on pace to have over a hundred, which would be crazy. Um, but you know, the, the the point is that you need some guys that can miss bats that are you know true power arms. And Stevenson is that. Carlos Estevez was up to 98 again last night. We hadn't seen that in a while. Yeah. So that's what I mean by they they look the part. Yeah, I uh, I, I was very impressed uh, with what Estevez was bringing last night. Uh, so I was like, hey, he looks like be in great shape too. Yeah. He looked he looked fantastic coming out in spring training. Yeah. Yeah. He he the the moment wasn't too big for him last night, and there was a couple extra ticks on the on the on the fastball i mean he was consistently 97 98 and i hadn't seen that um i certainly didn't see it in march which is understandable but i didn't even see it in his first outings uh this april but it was like all right give me the rock man we're gonna well, i'm shutting this thing down we're gonna shake hands yeah yeah very impressive stuff so uh well i'll tell you one thing going back to what we were talking about been been making a little money on the draft kings betting on those ryan mcmahon home runs I'll, I'll give you the comp in a minute for the reason why it's great money to bet on home runs because you always get long odds and you know it's you're usually going to miss but the one that hits especially when a guy is hot flips you over to the plus side it's a fantastic bet in my opinion you can always be betting on overs unders on strikeouts winning the ball game not in every sport just about including some sports you've maybe not even heard of in fact DraftKings Sportsbook is so awesome and fantastic. They'll even let you bet on drafts, including the NFL draft tonight. What kind of players are going to be taken? You can follow along with the draft while you're watching it, bet on the next player to be taken for certain positions, uh, stuff like that. It really does make the sports watching experience just an extra game within a game in and of itself it's a lot of fun and right now is really the best time to sign up because if you do and you use promo code dnvr you can turn one dollar into a hundred dollars in free bets that's right DraftKings sportsbooks letting you turn one dollar into a hundred dollars in free bets just if a quarterback is selected first overall thursday night that's it's night draft taking place well tomorrow night i said tonight i think earlier but i meant tomorrow night i can't remember exactly when this it depends on when you're listening to this whenever the podcast goes up but if you're watching this live you know when the nfl draft is it's on thursday night if a quarterback is taken first and you use promo code dnvr you'll turn a dollar into a hundred dollars in free bets only a DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or over. Colorado only, new customers only. Winnings paid out in free bets. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700.
Well, I do like I do like story to possibly hit a homer tonight. Uh, that's plus four fifty. But I think the easy lock for tonight, Herman Marquez, five and a half strikeouts. That's an easy over. Now he, over he he the Giants can be touch and go with putting the ball in play against him. But come on, just look at what he's been doing his last few starts. He's locked uh, in I, the I last couple happen. of games. That last outing, he came out and struck out eight. Right? He was he was actually he's locating the fastball first. First several outings, he was getting by on on breaking stuff uh, because I mean his fastball is still a great fastball. He just didn't have the location on it that our man usually does. And then his last outing, there it was. I know they still tagged him for a couple of runs, but. Easy I like over. I like the over on the five and a half. Oh yeah. yeah. Since since that opening day start, uh he had five against Arizona, then seven against these Giants in San Francisco, six and then eight. So DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week. Take the over on Herman Marquez on five and a half strikeouts. You'll have a body the bottom uh bottom of the fourth inning and you'll be feeling good the rest of the game. Yeah. yeah I like that. Is DeGrom, oh, I, I think DeGrom's going today. What's his under over? <laughs> 15? 17 and a half. I don't know. Can you imagine? Ooh, that is, a, you that is a good one. What do you do with that? That's ten, a funny oh, no, not 10. Yes, 10 and a half. It's 10 and a half. Good Lord. Well, he's only got 50 punch outs and three walks so far. That's, that is amazing. Super-esque. Um, I did want to see what you th- – I thought of this comp goodie just because as you were talking about it earlier, it made me think of it. I said it on the podcast before, but uh, Ryan McMahon, somebody, you know, I, I watched him a lot throughout the minors and he had a tendency for the bat to get really hot, sometimes get really cold, but you, you talk about the easy power. And it reminded me a lot of what we would see out of Carlos Gonzalez, where we would know there'd be those times he could get a little strikeout prone, get a little bit into a slump, but once he got hot, he could really put on a show and I felt like, you know, we hadn't seen that out of Ryan McMahon at the big leagues yet. We had seen, if you recall, I'm sure you remember this right before he got called up to the big leagues the first time he was hitting like 480 in AAA. He was just absolutely destroying things. And, you know, so I was wondering what you thought of that. Like, obviously we got a long way to go before he's Carlos Gonzalez. But when you see that type of swing, the easy power, like you said, in the Marine layer, the, the ability to get hot and lock in on at bats uh, reminded me a lot of that. Yeah, I mean, he's a, you know, Cargo was a great athlete. Ryan McMahon's a really good athlete. Uh, you know, Cargo in his prime probably ran, you know, a little bit better than, than, um, than, than Ryan. But, you know, Ryan underway runs fine. Ryan, uh, I look at athleticism a little differently than some others. I think people always look at athleticism and say, run fast, jump high, and, and you're a good athlete. Well, to me, a good athlete is somebody that can, you know, shoot hoops, pick up a golf club, throw a football, swing a baseball bat, swing a golf club, um, you know, really uniquely coordinated hand-eye-wise. And that is, that's Ryan McMahon. I mean, if you were looking just at pure athleticism in that terms, you know, Ryan is a better athlete than Nolan. You know, and Nolan's, listen, Nolan's a Hall of Fame player. It's not taking a shot at Nolan, but just in terms of being a better athlete, Overall, he's a he's he's a better athlete. He's probably going to move better. Um, you know, effortless powers as you were talking about. Let's see let's see how it how it evolves. But it's fun to watch him. You know, kind of really take another step right in front of our eyes. And you know, it's not like he was chopped liver a couple of years ago. His last full season, he hit twenty four home runs and drove in eighty three. You know, he hit two fifty. But there's more in there. Um, he still he did that with, with with still the long swing kind of with the Nike swoosh um, and, and was tardy at times getting his barrel out front. Not seeing that as much. Um, and and what we you can't deny uh, as far as comparisons go the etymology of their nicknames: Carlos Gonzalez, Car, Go, Ryan McMahon, Rye, Mac. So true. I think it was perfect. You know, yeah. no thanks. No, I appreciate you picking. Creaseman, you're getting sandbagged here a little bit. I think you nailed it. <laughs> I appreciate that. Will Will with the Brad Hop comp? Sure, why not? I mean, it's hard to comp anybody. Brad Hop was a unique uh, player. Uh, his his skill, like his, his batting stance, was unusual. Even the way he wound up to throw, but certainly from a, a results standpoint, that's something that I think McMahon can absolutely be shooting for, and, and you know, a couple of All Star appearances in there, at least the one. Do you have two? I think Brad had one. And he, okay. and he could have, would have, should have been 
had the ball right. up and caught over the wall. He might have been the MVP of that all-star right. game. I can't remember who hit it. and I, or Excuse me, who hit it. I know he hit it. I can't remember who robbed him uh, over the wall. Do you remember that, Dunn? I, yeah. I'm, I'm certain I Will knows. He'll he'll tell us in the comments. I'm certain of yeah. it. Will will know. Um, listen, Brad had, a, Brad had a terrific career. Obviously, they played different positions. Um, I, I think – you know, Ryan can impact the game a little bit more because he's on the dirt, you know, at, at second and third on a given night. Today he's at second. So uh, let's see. Let's see where it goes. I mean, I hate putting a ceiling on somebody. It's like Garrett Hampson. I, I'm a big Garrett Hampson guy, and he's, you know, we keep seeing moments. And, and then we see, you know, moments put together, you know, and, and stretches where you go, hey, he's, you know, he's a really good player. And is. cut down on the chase rate. Carl Crawford went over the wall. Thanks, Will. Um, so, uh, you know, and, and, and that's kind of lost last night. We, we've had a little bit of a discussion about the Rockies winning that first road game and Carlos Estevez and Ryan McMahon's two-run home run. But, you know, for a moment, it looked like the the the, the guy that was going to be, uh, you know, get beer poured on his head after the game was, was Garrett Hampson. And uh, hitting that ball to dead center field. And, you know, we're watching on monitors. You're not there. And you're like, whoa, that thing went out. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, that, that, was a, that was a major game changer. You're right. Now, McMahon's going to get the credit, and, and rightfully so. But Hampson doesn't come in that game. We, we, we don't have everything that, that came after that. And I think I even saw somewhere uh, that wasn't really widely reported was that uh, the Rockies hit three home runs from the ninth inning on and that was the first time that had ever happened i think in a in a victory something like that so i got uh, i haven't seen that note yet but uh i i trust you and i guarantee it's the first time it happened in san francisco right yeah pretty much <laughs> absolutely yeah um, that's uh, we were, people were throwing a bunch of uh garrett hampson nicknames at us last night which is hilarious because <laughs> he, he actually has a ton of them the hamster patrick calls him the harrier did, uh, did, the, did you see the, you see the quote he had you know um oh the both cheeks you got both cheeks into it both True. cheeks we gotta swing we start gotta build, build your swing from the ground up man <laughs> That's such a great quote. Yeah. If he keeps hitting home runs and he, he keeps using both both cheeks, both he's going to be the great Hamp Bino. We got that one in play, maybe. God, I love it. Well, wait, somebody sent – what was the one somebody sent just today? Uh, oh, shoot. Well, he's from Reno. Oh, Sir Hampelot. I liked Sir Hampelot. Okay. That made me happy. He's, he's from Reno, and we know a, a funny cop show there. Uh, it was not yeah. Reno 911. Well, he wears number one, so he's Reno one one one. Another guy who was a really good athlete, by the way. Really good. Did he high play football in the high school? I don't know if he played football, but he was a really good high school basketball player. I could see him being a point guard for sure. He was a point guard, and he was yeah. he was really good. Understand? Yeah. yeah, you know, it's uh, like you said. Look, last night was a really fun ball game. Obviously, the night before, that's when you're going to want to just wash out and shower up and 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 forget about. But you know, this is one of those things that, that we've often talked about with this team. It's uh, to see them come back after getting beat, frankly, about as completely as you can. You only produce three hits, complete game shutout from the other team's pitcher. They also scored 12 runs, and you were basically down from the get go. Right, never in that game. Drive. A team that's, you know, not expected to do much respond to that by winning an extras with three late home runs against a team that has haunted their nightmares their whole existence. That was that was something else to behold. It really could have turned south when Crawford hit that ball in McCovey Cove. You're like, uh, this ain't happening. Here we, here we go. Yeah. I mean, there, how many, I, the most ardent Rockies fan up late with work the next morning's like, I can't believe it. <laughs> They ain't winning this one either. I mean, it's just how it felt, right? And so for those guys, you know, to be resilient and uh, to hang in there and get a couple big swings of the bat again in the 10th inning and, uh, you know, again, for Carlos Estevez to put his foot down, it was good stuff. Uh, we know momentum is next day's starting pitcher as the cliche goes in baseball. And and the good news is, uh, you know, Herman is on the mound and you have a chance to win a series. Um, and third in a row, yeah. it, would be their, it would be their third in a row. 
so yeah, let, let you take it. I know it's it's a sports cliche, but literally, you take it one day at a time. You see what happens. But but hopefully, we can start seeing a little bit more offense. You 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 have. To, we've said this for years. You got to swing the bats better uh, on the road. And there's usually an acclimation period. So now it'll be 72 hours since they left altitude, and uh, and let's see if they can get after uh, Alex Wood a little bit. You mentioned all those all those people who stayed up late to watch the game. They were saved by the extra inning rule. They were saved mm-hmm. by it. this. Could have been another seventeen inning game like we saw Get two years ago, right? Was that was a Friday night? I mean, you were there. It's, was it seventeen innings? No, it was, it, it, listen, I was there. It was eighteen. Eighteen. <laughs> and, we walked, and we walked into the hotel lobby at three something in the morning. Uh, oh, yeah. that was yeah, epic. Bad. Those days are over. Damn. Those days. Well, those days are over. We, most likely. I, I can't deny. I did begin by saying it was a very entertaining ball game, so I can't <laughs> take it back now. <laughs> I, I I remember the twenty-two inning affair at Petco Park oh. many years ago. I I lost Frazier. Co- <laughs> I lost Frazier for two innings. He was, he went out. He was trying to find food. He went. He went searching for like pizza. Comes back like two innings later with half a slice. I think there was like six bites taken out of it. I said, "I'm eating that thing." Where you? Where'd you get that? He goes, "There's no food in the entire ballpark." When you is there an inning when you get to extras that you think, "All right, this game could go 24-25." I mean, you have no way of knowing, but do you have to start preparing like he did, where he's like, "All right, I need some sustenance because they're playing a another nine inning ball game." Like, do you start thinking like that, or is it literally just? Three outs at a time. I think it. I think it just starts happening, and then you know when you get beyond thirteen or fourteen, you're like, okay, now, <laughs> you know, somebody's going to have to start being a multiple inning guy, and you know, next thing you know is relief pitchers are hitting, and it, it becomes, you know, it becomes entertaining from you know the <laughs> crazy baseball fan standpoint uh would you want to see uh, you know those on a regular basis probably not uh, but we saw listen buddy you guys know buddy buddy is adamant he does not like throwing a position player and even buddy had to throw his hands up in the air the other day and yeah. now he's done it four times in the last three years yeah, and the, and the only effective guy the other night was Josh Fuentes, right? I was gonna say Josh looked good, man. <laughs> he he threw the edges with his. I'm gonna say change up, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Throwing that 76 mile an hour gravity sinker. Yeah, that's right. That's right. He's a gravity sinker. He's the only guy who, who got on the mound for the Rockies on Monday night and and didn't give up a run. Up a run. Yeah. And, and he was efficient. Nine pitches. <laughs> In and out. Shohei Otani, eat your heart out. Yeah. Rocky's got their guy now too. Love it. Right. Uh, one last thing I wanted to ask you about before we get out of this, because Patrick has been banging the drum on this, and then I just jinxed the hell out of Raimel Tapia by just banging the drum. Like, he hasn't struck out in a week. He never strikes out. Look how low his strikeout percentage is. Struck out twice yesterday. He's uh, getting a rest today. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Uh, I get it. But uh, – him, Jonathan Daza is uh, also somebody I keep forgetting to bring up. I think he's like around 17%. Guys that are putting the ball in play are, are finding their success, and I, and I think showing an interesting identity. You were talking about getting the offense. So, uh, you know, I just want to get your take on them doing that and, and trying to find more ways to just keep getting the bat on the ball and living in those successes and you know running and gunning and, and playing that kind of fun brand of baseball. Well, I think it's huge, especially for the two guys you mentioned. You know, Tapia ha- has really unusual hand-eye coordination. Um, he's not going to hit – you know he's strong, and he can hit the ball out of the ballpark. We've seen him do it three times so far in the early going this year. A couple of years ago it was nine times. But he has to be the kind of player that gets on base and, and uses the whole field. And, yeah, if he runs into one, great. Maybe he hits, you know, you know, nine to 12 home runs a year. But he has to. He can't be making left turns and be a you know thirty percent strikeout guy. That's not going to work. Daz are the same thing. Uh, we saw him have his first career home run on the last homestand. He he's not a guy that's going to go hit thirty home runs. Know who you are. Know how you can within the confines of who you are help your club win. 
Um, because when you get outside of that box, chances are you're not going to be a big leaguer any longer if you're striking out at a 30, 32 percent uh, rate if you're, you know, if you're a Tapia or you're a Daza. And it's not just those two guys. There's a lot of guys. So you, you basically know, got to hit 40 home runs a year to strike. Right. Out I mean, runs, yeah. you don't want to see anybody strike out a third of the the time it's you know one of the issues with sam hilliard as we all know right now you don't you know cj crone who's you know done it before 30 homers in a season 25 in another season even cj you know you can put up with it if it's 25 26 percent because you know you know the upside is that he's going to trot around the bases quite a bit but if you're a you know eight to 12 home run guy garrett hampson he's got to clean that up and he's done a better job so far this year um the ball has to be in play more and not just individually, but if it's in play more collectively, the Rockies are going to have a better chance to have, um, you know, the offense that's going to give them an opportunity to win more frequently, uh, especially on the days where, you know, Trevor doesn't hit a three-run homer or Blackman or Crone, that kind of thing. Yeah, Tapia's at 11.2%, other than Alan Trejo and his uh, 11 plate appearances, he, he leads the team. So that's fantastic. And Daza's right next to him at 12.8% of strikeout rate. And those guys are drawing walks too. So uh, we, we just see it. We, we talked earlier in the episode about the runner on second base, putting the ball in play, making some things happen, advancing the runner on top. He has been doing that. He's been driving in runs, just hitting a ground ball to second base and first base. So he's his game's coming together uh, entirely. And and Daza has allowed the, uh, you know, the, the offense to blossom a little bit because then Hampson can move to second base. McVan's over at third. So it, Again, everyone being able to be a super utility player helps helps out and puts the best bats in the lineup. Yeah, two two footnotes to to your um, thoughts there, Patrick. One, Daza made a fabulous catch in yes. left field last night. That was tremendous. And I'm not saying Rymel <laughs> wouldn't have made the play. You don't know, but, but I'll say it, that's my a, guy. That's a great play. <laughs> yeah. And and then and then the yeah. thing that's you know easy to forget, and we'll see how it plays out. You hope. Um, that uh, you see when I mentioned this guy's name, what we saw the first couple of weeks of spring training, at some point Brendan Rodgers is going to be back. And the Rockies need um, Brendan Rodgers to be a really good player. And that may be unfair, but, you know, he's he's now had a couple of cups of coffee and you know he's ready to to try to run with his opportunity. And his opportunity this time has been derailed by a hamstring. But at some point he's going to be back. And so then there's less opportunities or less places, you know, Hampson can play both, you know, Daza's an outfielder, um, you know, they're, they're ultimately good problems to have um, if, if you're Buddy Black, but, you know, keep that kind of in your hip pocket that, you know, hopefully in the next two weeks or so, Brendan Rodgers will be back. Rodgers and Freeland are, are, are watching these Rockies games saying, man, I want to get in on that fun. Because Rockies are definitely having fun, and and you heard it between the the comments about hey, Garrett got both cheeks into it, and uh, McMahon talking about the post game celebration, and you know Charlie getting up there like the dad telling saying hey here's what everyone did, they had fun, they got their necklaces that they're wearing for uh, for the MVP of the game, they're having fun, and and it's going to be even more fun when when Rogers and Freeland uh, can start to join the fray. It's going to be good. Yeah. And we're going to have a lot of fun, man. You, well, who was on uh, the podcast this week? I was going to say. Well, Ryan McMahon, uh, Ryan oh, McMahon was on this past week, and um, we had to, oh. we, we, uh, we're going to deviate. We, t- we talk a lot of baseball this week with, uh, you know, obviously with Jeff resigning and, uh, you know, and some of the other things that took place. Uh, we talked baseball initially, and then I transitioned. You know, I'm a big hockey guy. I want to be, cover all the other teams. So um, my buddy Mark Mosier. Boys on television okay. for the Avalanche will be on uh, this week, and you know the Avs gearing up for Stanley Cup run. So uh, we'll talk uh, talk about the Avs quite a bit as well. Awesome! I know we got a lot of crossover fans here because a lot of our, our Avalanche community has embraced me, and I know there's a lot of people that do baseball and hockey here. So you're not going to want to miss that. Make sure you're subscribed to the Drew Goodman podcast for that year checking out these games as late as they are local time. As it turns out, they've been remarkably fun, uh, especially if last night was any indication as the team finishes off the set with the San Francisco Giants, then heads off to face the Arizona Diamondbacks. We really appreciate you all for hanging with us. Make sure that you're subscribing to the DNVR.com so that you don't miss out on any of that written content. Uh, I got a thing up today about some of the 
avenues I see for improvement for whoever happens to uh, take over as general manager of the team, either in the interim or in the long term, really. And we appreciate everyone getting a hold of us on social media. It's a great place to hang out with us at Patrick D. Lyons, at Drew Creaseman, at Drew Goodman 42. Uh, say hello. Come be friendly with us. Talk about the Colorado Rockies. We want to you know, continue to foster a fun community. It's been a whole lot of fun hanging out with all of you. And, uh, oh, I forgot to mention the, the free shirt and the free holistic stick, didn't I? Yeah, I totally did. So when you sign up for the DMVR.com for the annual, you know you get that free T-shirt. But we've also still got a few left. I think there's only a few left. So if you've been curious about that holistic stick, the CBD wellness situation, check out holisticwellness.com, H-O-L-I-S-T-I-K, wellness.com. You'll get a free one if you sign up for the annual. And you can also use promo code DMVR30 to get 30% off. Thank you true, all for true, continuing. Yeah. True, we have too many benefits. So don't, don't be too hard on yourself. We have too yeah, many I benefits know, right? that we give away to our subscribers it's like, that it's really hard to remember each and every one of them. Totally forget about some of this stuff sometimes. Where are we going? This, this, I get asked every once in a while too, what is my favorite shirt that we do? If, if you're going to get the free annual, Patrick likes that one. I, I like the one with all the different team logos on it. That's just synergy of the... the the teams in town. I love it. Again, go listen to the Drew Goodman podcast because you'll get baseball and hockey. That's what we're talking about. Little foot, hey, little football also this week. Little, little. All right. There you go. Yeah. Well, and, and obviously, you know, you got to drop us with the football knowledge whenever you get a chance. You got it. <laughs> Have a good one, boys. All right. We appreciate it. everybody. Be absolutely awesome out there. We'll continue to be absolutely Patrick Lyons, Drew Creaseman, and Drew Goodman in here. And until next time, we will see you. Ballpark.